Welcome to Top Talk, where we take critical conversations to the cross of Christ and examine world events through a biblical worldview. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Tabernacle of Praise Church International. Uh, our This is our Sunday evening elders and ministers conference call. Uh, each Sunday evening, um, we get together. I get together with our ministers and elders, and we share with one another the things that we sense the Lord saying uh, to us. Um, this started several months ago, sometime, well, actually sometime uh, end of last year um, when I took some time off uh, from, from preaching on Sunday and I asked uh, elders and ministers to just pray and seek the Lord and listen carefully uh, to hear the voice of God and hear what God would be saying, what God was saying to the congregation. And from that sharing, uh, as I prayed, I would select uh, one of them to preach on Sunday. Uh, well, I'm back preaching every Sunday now, but we're still doing this call because this is a good uh, time of engagement. <clears throat> preaching is not just picking up a book and, and reading something. Um, this is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God always has something to say. My opinion does not matter. My thoughts really don't matter. Uh, it's my responsibility to seek the face of God and find out what it is that he is saying, what he wants to say uh, through me as his vessel to his people. So this exercise is really a good thing for, for all of us uh, because we need to be able to, we need to know God's voice. We need to hear God's voice and we need to be able to communicate the message that he gives to us. Now, what we share uh, on this call is not each one of us sharing 30, 40 minutes, uh, but as we hear the voice of God, uh, we take that and we go back and we develop these thoughts through prayer, through meditation, and through studying. So we've continued these calls, and I believe that it's been quite helpful to all of us. It's been helpful to me, as because sometimes when, when others share, when our ministers and elders share, uh, the Lord speaks to me from what they share. Uh, I realize that I am not the only person who hears from God in this ministry. The others hear from the Lord as well. And I, and we need to develop that, that um, capacity to hear the Lord's voice and be able to communicate that to other people. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Another voice they will not hear. So we need to be able to hear his voice and communicate what he is saying. So this is what we've done each Sunday night. And tonight, um, a couple of weeks ago, the Lord just laid it on my heart uh, to, to share this with the rest of the congregation and anyone else who may tune in and listen. Uh, and it's kind of a free thing. I open it up uh, to let whoever wants to share first, share first, and then we go through everyone who wants to share. Sometimes we will interact, sometimes we won't. We won't. So we're going to do that tonight. And these have been some good 
some good conversations. And I pray that tonight will be nothing less than that. And that not only will we be blessed, but those of you who tune in and listen, that you will be blessed as well. So thank you for tuning in. Let's pray. So Father, thank you for this time tonight. As we come once again for our elders and ministers conference call, we thank you, Lord, because you are our Father, you are our Lord, our Savior, you're the head of the church. We're your people, we're the sheep of your pastor. The church belongs to you. And you always have something to say to your people. So tonight, we humbly submit ourselves, our thoughts, um, our mental capacities to you, Lord, our spirits to you. We humbly submit to you so that you will speak to us and we will communicate that with one another and with all those who are listening. We welcome your presence tonight in this conference call. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right. So uh, thank all of you for being on the call tonight. Uh, as you speak, you can introduce yourself briefly. Let's not do a long preacher's introduction, all right? <laughs> just, just let everybody know who you are, uh, just in case uh, uh, others are listening besides our church members, okay? So who would like to begin first? What, what is it that you sense the Lord saying uh, to you, whether during some time of meditation this week, uh, some things you sense the Lord saying to the church or, or just whatever it is that the Lord has been dealing with you about. Uh, I'd like to hear from you tonight. So who would like to go first? Um, Elder Brown, Denise Brown, and I'm the new kid on the block. But I'm, I'm really enjoying the wisdom and just everything that's at the um, tabernacle. This week I was um, seeking God about his presence and he took me through a little journey. Because the, the scripture says, in his presence is the fullness of joy and at his right hand, pleasure forevermore. So even with the pandemic, God is in our presence. And, um, but when you speak to people, you find there's something missing. So I was talking to God about that. And he showed me the, the, um, the Garden of Eden. And Eden means pleasure. It means a whole lot of things, pleasure. and where God is present. When Adam sinned, they got put out of the garden. And then he put the cherubims there to keep everyone out. And he showed me, you know, he, it was where he presented himself to Adam and them. And then he showed me um, the burning bush where he allowed Moses to see, you know, he got Moses' attention and he told Moses to come near. And before Moses stepped on the ground, he said, take off your shoes. So the presence of God, we have the presence of God. We have the, the, the ability to be in his presence, not just because he's omnipresent, but because what was taken away from man in the garden because of sin, the second Adam reunited us with God. So we were able, now he comes in our presence. You know, a lot of times, He's omnipresent, but the, the, the privilege that we have, because we're connected once again, and he made man to worship, to, to fellowship with him. So just like he came to Adam, he came to him. He, he showed up 
And that's the same thing he's showing me. Like when we're in the right state of mind, like Isaiah, when he was in the temple, he came into the right state of mind and God showed up. Same thing with Moses. And I can go on the people that he showed me how he showed up. That's our advantage. If we keep our mind stayed on him, the mm-hmm. word said he keeps us in perfect peace, but he is peace. And in the, and, and the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy. There's nothing absent. So when we keep our mind stayed on him, he shows up. He shows up in the times where we need miracles done. When we're not walking with a carnal mind, like Paul said to uh, in First Corinthians, the third chapter, when he said they were acting like mere men, carnal men. But we're not carnal anymore because the Christ dwells in us. So he was showing me that we have to keep our mind in the right state. And when we need him, he shows up. And I can go on, but I, I just bless God because that really blessed my, my, it just blessed me where I was. And, and all I can say to him was, God, I want more of you. And I'll begin to seek you more because there's things that's going on. I need God to show up because there's people out there that needs to see the manifestation. The manifestation doesn't actually come from us, but it comes from the Christ that's in us. So he was just showing me how he show up. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, we need God's presence every day. And we needed him to show up in critical times, especially. Amen. All right. Trevor. Yes, sir. So um, I've been dealing with um, the proper transmission of the gospel. Um, Again, like just kind of circling back um, to that and looking at, you know, the scriptures, you know, seeing how um, this isn't a one generation thing. You know, we, we saw that um, disconnect happen um, after um, Israel, I mean, after Israel left Egypt, you know, um, went through the wilderness experience, came out, went to war, battled for their homeland, um, got their homeland and then forgot God. And um truly, truly forgot them. And, and, you know, the, the, the scriptures, I mean, like some of the most impressive scriptures I read is in Judges, um, because, you know, it's Judges and Lamentations, but, but Judges to me feels a little bit deeper because there was an extended period of time we got to see, you know, multiple years of struggle with, um, with people that, um, because there were so many people that had left the faith, um, you know, that there was an issue with the transmission of the gospel at that point in time where like everybody wanted to be a Canaanite. And, 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 and that was something that they were supposed to destroy, but they, they ended up keeping a lot of the stuff and going in with the Philistines. And it's, I mean, I, I think about that a lot, you know, like the, the, the mixing of the, um, the mixing of the, um, the issues that we have, um, going on in the situation. Oh yeah. I didn't, I didn't even uh, introduce myself. Hello. I'm, Tre- <laughs> I'm Trevor, um, minister Trevor Stevens, um, just Trevor Norman though. But, um, but yeah, like, like I'm, I'm a minister of Tabernacle Praise. Um, but, but one of the, I mean, I was just dealing with that, you know, the, like trying to find a way to make sure that we make a pattern, you know, like one of the reasons why, like we were talking about the weeks previous about the ancient path and, um, and how important it is. And you talked about it today about the ancient path, you know, and how important it is to, um, to understand how to, to make that, that way 
um, as clear and coherent for the next person that's following. You know, you don't want to have three sets of footsteps um, going on three different paths. You need one that you knew you consistently took. Um, and I truly do believe that that's been an issue with, with our generations um, that we've had in America. You know, I think that we've gotten caught up in defending human rights that we forgot about God's, um, God's mm -hmm. rights on us. Um, and I'm not saying that we need to throw away human rights. That's not what I'm saying. But I do, I think that we kind of like went more into humanism. You know, we deal more with the way we feel, the way that we hurt, you know, but we forget that we are still inherently simple creatures and that we are, we are falling from grace without Christ. Like, like if you don't have them, I don't care how, how many cops you, you get to not shoot black people. I know it's going to sound real controversial, but I'm just being honest. You know, I, I don't care how many, you know, there's still a problem. With man, you can stop one section, the other section is going to rise up and do something else. The problem is with the heart. And, um, and you know, I think that we have to really, really hone in on how we can properly transmit this gospel um, to the next generation. And, um, you know, for and for like the older that's in the faith, you know, them being given the opportunity. I mean, I think that's a blessing, you know, that um, that that the Lord has allowed people to get older and be in the faith. But um. But I also think that there's been a disconnect because the older don't 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 think they have anything to hand down. And um, and I just find that as one of the most um deceptive things that's happened, especially in the black church. Um, like like the older people that think that because they don't have the education or stuff. I'm like, I don't understand that. You got so much to give um in helping us understand how to actually live this walk out because you walk that ancient path. And you can point us back to it, you know. So I, I just, I've just been dealing with that, and like what Peter was talking about, how like that we're not coming to you with these strange uh, ideas. I think it was Second Peter. He was like, I'm not coming to you with like something that I'm like some 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 tale that somebody made up. And we're like, we dying for this, you know. Um, and, and I think that that's something that has to be uh, expressed better. Um, I think the Lord's really given us time in America right now to do that. So I mean, it's just we have to look at it from that perspective. Um, and deal with it from that perspective. I wanted to jump in behind Minister Trevor when he spoke about um, in Israel when they stopped, they tried to be like the Canaanites and it's the same today. And Bishop talked about the old path and one thing he talked about was the rod. And immediately I wrote down rod and the word because discipline has to come, but the rod also stands for the word. And that's where we drop the ball. We're not teaching them the word of God and the ways of God. And sometimes when we discipline our kids, we got to look at them and realize that's an imposter. Mm. So we have to watch how we speak to them because it's an imposter. So we have to ask God, how to, to talk to them because they're being swayed. So the word and correction brings them in line. And I just wanted to jump in that. Amen. Thank you for sharing that. And, as, as, and I didn't say this in the message today when we talked about, <clears throat> uh, when I was talking about, the and I mentioned these are the ancient paths of foundational principles that goes back to, uh, to the Torah. Uh, and, and Paul says, there is no other foundation that can be laid than that which is already laid, which is uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, and, and what's happening today is people are trying to build on a different foundation. That's part of what's happening. I lay, lay a different foundation and going away from God's word. And it's just not going to happen. We won't, it's not going to work for us. 
you know, we, what we end up doing is rejecting God, which means we won't have God's presence and we can't experience the fullness of joy. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, very, 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 very true. Thank you so much. Someone else. Hello, this is Charlotte Smalls. I'm one of the ministers at Tabernacle of Praise Church International, have been a part of the ministry since its inception. So I thank and I praise God for sessions that for these sessions that Pastor Jackson has put in place for those who are listening or watching us, this is our safe place. Um, it's our place where we can um, express ourselves and um, be um, developed spiritually without uh, feeling judged or condemned or feeling wrong. Because we have uh, Pastor Jackson here. If we're not in line, he he you know he nudges us back on the right pathway, and he helps us to develop our thoughts and helps us to see God in our thoughts. So it's been an interesting journey over the past couple of months. Uh, on these phone calls and well today a zoom um, today was an interesting day for me during worship uh, pastor jackson as you were speaking today um, and you were talking about the ancient past how we need to look and consider them um, and then at the end of the sermon today when you began praying and then you began to pray for the church and you said in your prayer you said father help us to stop singing or preaching safety and prosperity when this is the time of disaster and destruction. When you prayed that, the intercessor in me, because I've been a part of the ministry of intercession for longer than I've known, um, even before I even knew that God was calling me into ministry of intercession, something was there. And when you, when you began to pray in that vein, I felt an agonizing pain mm. internally inside of me. And I knew it was God waking or stirring the intercessor in me in that vein. And so I was standing up and all I can do is I was agonizing in prayer. And I, I didn't know what to do with it. And, you know, and I thank and I praise God when you don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, after the prayer was over and, you know, people were a little jovial. I could not, I had, I asked one of the members, please walk me to the car because I wasn't finished. And I heard the Lord say, pray through this because we're looking inversely right now, the church. And I began to pray for the church and just began to intercede and moan with, with, without words, without utterances. And I couldn't figure it all the way out, but I knew at some point in time, as the spirit of the Lord wills, that he would give me some part of what was going on. So when I got home today, the Lord brought to my attention a scripture in the Bible. And it's in 2 Kings chapter 22, when Josiah became king at eight years old. And during his uh, reign, a couple of years in, in his reign, he, um, the Bible says that he had the heart of his father, his father David, going back to David the king. Mm -hmm. And in that scripture, in that chapter in the Bible, he began a reform. And reform is one of the things that we has been uh, th that we've been talking about. It's been mm -hmm. one of our one of our themes. And in this particular scripture, he was doing the things that he felt was right to do: rebuilding the temple, rededicating the things that were once holy, that were given over to idols. 
He just wanted, the Bible talks about him wanting not to turn to the left and not to turn to the right. And as they were reforming or restoring the temple, one of the high priests found the book of the law and brought it to the king. And when he began reading the book, he tore his clothes. Mm -hmm. He tore his clothes and he began to cry out to the Lord. And so if, if, I, don't, if I remember correctly, they, they, they sought a prophet. It was a woman. I can't remember her name. And she said, give this message to the king. Because of the rejection of the people, the people rejecting God, that they were going to experience disaster. But she said to the king, King Josiah, because your heart is turned to God, you won't see this. Actually, she told him that he would be buried. He would be buried in peace and would not have to experience the disaster. Pastor Jackson, the scripture, the scripture tore me to pieces because we have been preaching abundance and prosperity, mm -hmm. but no one is preaching hellfire and brimstone anymore. Mm -hmm. We are doing what is right in our own eyes and we are calling it God. We have erected foreign gods and we are lifting up our hands mm. as if they are God. Oh, and God. now God is calling us not only to reform externally, but to reform internally. Our hearts have made um, idols out of foreign gods, Pastor. Mm. And nobody wants to change. And whenever you approach somebody about it, I'm doing me. Don't don't judge me. Don't condemn me. You know, you, you better clean up your own stuff. But mm. no one wants to take ownership for their part in the idolatry. And we cannot build on this foundation. There has to be reform. There has to be a tearing down of the things that have been built on the foundation of what God wants inhabited. They have to be torn down. Mm -hmm. But no one wants to tear those things down. We want to just keep going and keep doing what we're doing. And, 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 and we, like you said today in the message, we cannot expect the peace of God while at the same time rejecting God. Amen. The two cannot go together. So I, I sat in that car mm. as I was waiting for my, you know, for Jonathan, because I rode with him this morning. I was like, God, I was in agony praying because I said, God, what? I may not even see it on this side, the reform, but God, I can't stop praying because you told us to pray without ceasing. I can't stop praying, Lord God, because people, there are some people's ears who are listening. Some people's ears have been pricked. And for those who have an ear to hear, let them hear what the Lord is saying to the church. So right now, I'm, I'm, I, I only have a part of it. I don't have it all. But I know right now my spirit has been um, aroused to praying for the church because we're looking, we think we're looking up, but we're looking in a hole. We're not, we're, everything is inverse and we're not seeing it. Our eyes are not open. We're worshiping and we're giving God what we think he should get and not what he's requiring. Mm. We can't do this anymore. There has to be a true reform in the hearts of men. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Minister Smalls. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. 
Uh, God said, and actually Jeremiah prophesied during the, his first part of his prophecy was during the time of Josiah's reign. Hmm. Yeah. The Lord wanted to, told the people to totally amend their ways. And, you know, all of you know that the church has been on my heart. It's been on my heart for the last few years, what needs to happen in the church. I'm, I'm really troubled, really troubled by what I see happening in the church because we've built other foundations and we don't want to amend our ways thank you minister smalls someone else uh yes sir i'll go um i um was getting ready this morning and as i was getting ready i was singing and i was singing some of the old hymns that i know and um mm. as i was singing those whole hymns i, I was reminded that many of those old hymns were actually written after the uh, the, the uh, Great Awakenings, and and um, and then, then the Lord began to just share with me. He said, "There's uh, there's another Great Awakening happening now," mm. and He said, "There's going to be some songs that come out of this awakening because this generation don't really know those old songs. They don't appreciate them like some of us do." Yeah. But there's but 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 there's gonna be some some uh, uh some hymnness some sumness that 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 God is gonna raise up that's gonna actually write biblical uh solid songs uh you know I, I know you know I share this with other people that it just grieves you to hear songs that people are singing that that's not a, a, a doctrinally based. Uh, you know, just they just pull something out of the air, and and uh, you know, the, matter of fact, we don't even realize that there is one thing I hear people say sometimes. Um, we don't realize that it was an atheist that said it. Uh, whatever don't whatever don't kill you make you stronger. <laughs> you know, it was an atheist that said that. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and, and 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 so and Tre brother Minister Trevor said before we came on, he talked about humanism. Humanism says that the measure of man, man is the measure of all things. In other words, saying that uh, man finds, uh, 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 you know, man is enough, in other words. Uh, when you're trying to find the measure of a man, just look inside, mm. you know? And, 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 and so that's humanism. And so when you hear people, even with the pandemic, with, with this uh, uh, nation, with this worldwide, uh, um, a virus we got going on. Um, you hear people talking about we gonna do this and we gonna do that. We, mm. you know, you don't hear many people, and and, and I'm it, it just it just so you know deafening to me that you don't hear the church saying if the Lord's will, or you hear very, you hear very 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 few people turning to the Lord about this uh, about this pandemic unless you hear somebody get on television rebuking it and telling it what it's going to do. And that's fine if you really have the faith. But if you don't really have the faith, then the world is going to laugh at you. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The thing is, is that uh, what we need to do is just get before God, like Minister Smalls was just saying. But we're going to have to amend our ways. We're going to have to, we're going to have to realize, we're talking to the church now, we're going to realize that we've been having church and Jesus has been at the door knocking. Mm. You know, and, and, and yeah. the thing is, and that's the truth. A lot of people don't want to realize how, how in the world, and, and I don't want to get in trouble by saying this, but how in the world can 
uh, a portion of the American church say that this is, you know, God has, you know, this is the man we're supposed to, you know, supposed to lead us. And then the, the other half, now let me just put it out there. The black church, you don't hear many of the black preachers saying this. Mm -hmm. So how is that a message to the whole church? God speaks to the whole church, not just part of it. That's right. And, and, and now you hear people saying, we made a mistake. Well, that right there shows you that we have got to amend our ways because we're not hearing God. We're hearing what we want to hear and we're doing what we want to do. And Jesus is on the outside knocking to get into our worship services. We're in there singing about him. Mm -hmm. But he's not in there. We're not, and, 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 I, and I, you know, I, I said it just a while back. I have a, I have a problem with just preaching about Jesus, mm -hmm. but not preaching Jesus. Mm -hmm. I have a problem with that because I can say he's the man from Galilee and he's Mary's baby and he walked the shore. I can say that all day long. I'm preaching about him. Mm -hmm. But when I start talking about what his death meant, Mm -hmm. When I start talking about why we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, when I start talking about what really matters, you know, uh, that's when I start preaching Christ. I start preaching the doctrines of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And this is where uh, I think, uh, you know, the church is going to have, we're going to have to repent. Yes. We're going to have to realize that we have missed it. And we're going to have to get back to God. Ask for the old path, like you said, Bishop. Ask for the old path. You know, uh, we, we can't just look for what's convenient or what sounds good. We got to look for the old path and Amen. walk in it. Amen. Thank you, Elder. Yeah, one of the things that, that, that bothers me, and sometimes we can't, in a sermon, you can't say it all. <laughs> but when you start dealing with the church in America, and you see what the things that have happened in America, and these people that, that are writing laws and passes, passing legislation, serving in Congress, serving in the House of Representatives, many of them profess to be Christians. So, you know, you mentioned half of the church, part of the church saying that, that President Trump is God's man, and another half is not saying that. And now, now people are saying they made a mistake. <clears throat> That's just a small piece of this thing. You know, how can you pass laws that you pass in this nation under the guise of being a Christian nation? And we push the fact that America is a Christian nation, and we love singing "God Bless America." You know, and we we love talking about you know that. You know, uh, you know, we're followers of Jesus Christ, but but we have all of these laws in place that discriminate against people, that disenfranchise people. And it's not just people in the world that's doing this. A lot of these people say that they're Christian. And this is the thing that, that troubles my spirit about the church. When you really look into this thing, we need to go back to this, to the ancient past. We need to totally, as you were saying, amend our ways. This is what God is calling us to. And I've been hearing the Lord say this to me over and over and over and over again. 
you know, this is where he's calling us to. And I'm praying for that second great awakening before Jesus returns. We need an awakening in the body of Christ. The world can't awaken. You know, they're spiritually dead. They need to be born again. But the church needs to come alive and be awake. Amen. 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 Thank you. Someone else? I'll go next. All right. Um, I'm Trakelia Simon, um, Minister Simon. Um, been a minister at Tabernacle Praise for about, we've been here for about five years or a little more than five years now. Um, I want to make sure I articulate this well because I, as many of you were talking, I was thinking a lot of different things, but um, I mentioned this last week on a call about um, two weeks ago when we had intercessory prayer. Um, I heard the words apply pressure and I, you know, continue to hear that or meditate on that this week. Um, and in that particular regard, it was in prayer. Um, and that that particular prayer seemed very different to me as we prayed and we warred and interceded about issues, about, you know, world issues and things that are going on in our society and in the church. Um, and, you know, when you talk about applying applying pressure, you are applying some kind of physical force against something or on something for it to change. And in the body of Christ, there's a lot of pressure that needs to be applied to a lot of things. And, you know, when Charlotte was talking, when Minister Smalls was talking about um, being so grieved by hearing um, preaching and teaching going on about prosperity and other things that completely missed or seemed to lack a proper discernment about what's going on and what needs to be heard in the body, that was something that grieved me about two months ago. Um, when we were really um, just getting into the pandemic and, um, you know, churches were, um, some were closing, some were choosing to stay open or what have you, but continuing to hear, hear those kind of messages seemed as if it was missing the mark or it was applying pressure in the wrong place. That wasn't a place that a pr pressure needed to be applied to. And so as, as we've been talking, um, I'm just, every time someone says something, I think about pressure. Um, when you were talking about Jeremiah prophesying to the people, the intention of that was to apply pressure to them to change. Um, and that did not happen. And so they refused. And so as we see these things that are happening that the Lord is allowing to happen, he's applying pressure mm -hmm. to the body. He's applying pressure to the people. And people are not responding or choosing not yeah. to respond and choosing, and choosing to reject the Lord and reject the word of God. Um, this week, I, you know, I, sometimes I'll get to the point where I just completely take social media off my phone because sometimes posts and information becomes overwhelming. And I just, you know, I'll go, I may use my, you know, desktop browser to go on if I need something or to do something, but I'll take it off of my phone because I'm quick to just, you know, you scroll mindlessly. So I just took it off and I begin to see things, um, you know, people are, quickly share things that they haven't vetted and apply scripture to it mm -hmm. um, and say it's the word of God and haven't appropriately vetted that or or it, it sounds good because they have the itching ears and we've mentioned itching ears several times as we talked on our calls um, week after week but um, I read an article that I, I thought was a very well-written article um, on Crosswalk by a pastor who was specifically speaking to different things that were being said in the media or in social media or in different arenas that people were using um, scripture to justify. Mm 
And so he was just talking about, he, you know, would show in the scripture what the scripture actually says um, about this particular issue or what have you. And um, in, in that particular situation, I just begin to think about how we have got to apply the truth of God's word to situations. Folk are taking scripture, misusing scripture, or just forgetting about the word of God at all when it comes to what we're dealing with and what we're going through. We're not applying pressure in prayer. We're not applying pressure using the word of God as we should. And that is how we miss the mark in the body of Christ because we're not applying pressure as we should in the right places and we're misusing resources that God has given us. This week in um, our Bible study, with um, our youth, we, we've been studying the book of Genesis and we've been learning about um, our identity and purpose as believers um, and what God says about who we are the be- at the very beginning in Genesis. And so this week we were talking about what it meant to be image bearers. What, it, what does it mean to be image bearers? And so as image bearers, um, we have, God has given us authority in the earth, but what's happening is authority is being misused. God has given us authority to speak into situations, to do certain things, to govern things a certain way. But there is misuse in the kingdom of the resources and authority authority that God has given us because it doesn't look anything like the ancient path. It doesn't look anything like what God said in the beginning. And so I just keep hearing pressure has to be applied in the right way to the right places. We have got that is we got to return to the ancient path because we've got to do this the right way. Amen. As you said that, I thought about uh, applying pressure to um, a wound or something like that. If I if I cut my arm, I need to apply pressure in the right place to stop the bleeding. Applying pressure in the wrong in, in the wrong place is not going to help me at all. And so you're so right. You know, we got to apply pressure in the right place. And I wrote down. You know, um, you said something about how people don't use the word of God as we should. And, you know, I'm, I'm 66 years old and I've been in the church all of my life. I can remember as a little boy laying on my mama's lap in revival meeting and, you know, growing up and becoming a preacher, uh, going to seminary, studying the word. And, 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 and I didn't learn everything I need to learn in seminary, but it taught me some things and studying more so and wanting to rightly divide the word has made all of the difference in the world. It's many times people don't use the word correctly because they don't know the word. And that's a sad commentary for the church. You know, we, uh, we will repeat what we heard without studying it. And sometimes we don't know what to study. And if we're sitting under the wrong teaching, uh, then we'll, we'll pick up on, because, and, and you all know that, that I say this to you all of the time. Uh, I've said this to you. Um, you know, people look at us as being authorities in the word of God. When we preach, many people believe what we say. Most preachers who are in the pulpit preaching People believe them because they believe that they are God-called and they have the authority to say what they say. We should take that very seriously. We shouldn't say what God has not said. And even as we talk on this call tonight, you know, 
as we sense that we're hearing the Lord say something, um, we should do, as Minister Small says, go back and pray, search the scriptures. You know, and we're not in the scriptures. Make sure that as we search the scriptures, that we get a correct interpretation of the scripture. Because we don't want to say what God has not said. We don't want to lead people astray. You know, it's a dangerous thing to be a pastor, to be a prophet of God, and lead people astray by giving our opinions, uh, by saying what we think something means without properly studying and really understanding. And one of the reasons that um, you know, Elder, Sto Elder Hoskins has been doing a wonderful job in our Bible study and, and talking about you know, things that a lot of people don't know um, with interpreting scriptures and understanding the meanings of words and what have you. And there's just a whole lot that a lot of people don't know, but if you study, you can find out a lot of things. Many times people won't have the opportunity to go to seminary, but you can study. And Paul said to Timothy, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And every minister of the gospel should study and we should seek to rightly divide correctly interpret the word of truth because we don't want to lead people astray. And this is an area that we have to apply pressure in. It takes work to study. Amen. You got to apply pressure on yourself to study. Amen. It's very important that we do this. We got to apply Amen. pressure in the right place. And, and part of what we're doing here is applying pressure in the right place. Amen. Hey, Bishop. Yes. I was just thinking when you was talking about going to seminary, I was thinking everybody won't be able to go to seminary. Mm -hmm. But but the church is a place where pressure can be, be applied. Mm -hmm. It's just, uh, you know, up to now, people haven't been willing to have pressure applied. It's so mm -hmm. easy because you go home and the pressure is no longer applied. There's nobody there to apply pressure, you know. You have to know that if you let off, that that things are not going to heal up, or it's not going to be the way it should be. So uh, even though you're not in church, you get home, you have to still continue to study. Like you said, you can learn some of these things on your own, and then when you come to church, you have people who may know that you can ask questions. You know, and so uh, 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 you know it's not seminary. It's not. It's not uh, 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 a necessity for us to be able to go further into the word of God. That's right. It's, it, it's through the church. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Um, as you guys were talking, you all know I'm not a seminar person, but I was studying about the the altar with Elijah and Ahab's uh, prophets. And when mm -hmm. Minister Small was speaking, what I found out, which probably most people know, that and um, Minister Stevens was talking about trickery when we was waiting for everybody to come on, the trickery that's going on in the church. And when I began to dig in the story about the altars, and I found that they, the, the, um, the prophets of Baal, they would put um, elements under that altar that would cause fire to ignite. And I was like, oh my God. But mm -hmm. even in that, God didn't let it happen that day. But mm -hmm. that, but I 
learned that the things that they would do before people, it was trickery. We know it was trickery. We know that they had um, sorcerers and stuff, but when it came to that altar, that was something that came to me and I was like, wow. Then I was um, thinking about the altar that um, God's prophet had and, I, and it came to me, we need to purify the altars. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we're saying tonight. We need to purify the altars. We need to go back to the old path. And you've been saying that since I got there. Go back to the old path and realign things. Because we got a generation that's coming forth that need to know the ways of God. And it's not, it's not this uh, simple thing that they've been teaching. Because in the simpleness, you don't see God. In that right now stuff, you don't see God. But Mm. when we seek God and wait on God and stand and then stand and walk the walk that he's called us to walk, when he shows up, everybody going to know it's God. And and it's a lasting thing. It's not just a this Sunday to next Sunday. It's a lasting thing when God shows up. Amen. 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 I want to make a comment about the altar because before Elijah offered the sacrifice to God, mm-hmm. they tore down that altar to Baal. And so what needs to happen in the church today, mm. is we need to tear down these new foundations that, that mm. people are trying to build. And we need to go back to the old way, the old, the ancient path. This is what yes. God is calling the church to go back to. We can't just go and take the old and put it on top of the stuff that we built up today. <laughs> we got to tear this down. Amen. And then, then Amen. that's what God, God called Jeremiah to do, to uproot that's right. and to that's tear right. down that's and right. to destroy, you know, right. because what the people were doing was not right. And that's this right. is what God is calling the church to today. Amen. Mm. Thank you all so much for sharing. Amen. Apply this pressure. Praise God. Amen. Someone else. We don't hear you. Unmute you. Unmute. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Oscar, Oscar. Yeah, I'm at the Jello, and I'm having to be one of Bishop's grandson. I said a grandson in a sense that. My spiritual father having to be his son. And anytime, you know, I, I'm a Liberian, live in Ghana, refugee camp for many years. And anytime Bishop come around, you know, he come to us to minister God's word. And I've been very blessed. You know, we call him the African preacher. <laughs> <laughs> and as God could have it, I'm here through my wife. And it is good to be on uh, our my grandfather feet once again. And it's a blessing. Well, Elder Jolo, yeah. let, me, let me make a correction. All right. right. So in the body of Christ, we have all of these different types of relationships. Okay. <laughs> so I might have been your grandfather while you were in Ghana, but you're in America now, so I'm your father. All right. <laughs> 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 yeah, so it's a it's already a blessing. I really enjoy you know being here, and I know God have me here for a purpose. Well, I I just want to share with us today, you know, remembering that one thing 
you know, that Christ, you know, do for you or that one experience that you have with Christ. You have done a lot of things, but just remember, take a break and, and remember that one thing. You know, we are living a critical time where, you know, everybody is confused and things are happening. But I just want you to take this, this time out and just, just look and think about that one thing. And you will know. And as we even learn, you will know that indeed that Jesus is the answer as we wish your preach to all the gone time. You know, it's remind me about this blind man in um, John chapter 9, you know, who was born blind. And then uh, Jesus met him and he was made healed. You know, you, the, the religious leaders, they were there, you know, trying to discredit, you know, what the Lord has done. Maybe perhaps for their religious reason or maybe religious, you know, ignorance. But whatever the case was, this man, he was so, you know, convicted and convinced. He was only concerned about what the Lord, you know, did for him. He said, I was blind. What I know, whatever way you may call him, but what I know, I was blind and now I can see. Mm -hmm. So let us take a moment and see what the Lord has done. That one thing that will you know, boost our faith again and then keep on going. So this just a word of encouragement I want to share from the Lord and uh, we will keep on moving. Let's take a break and see that one thing that the Lord has done for us. Amen. 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 Thank you, Elder. Thank you for sharing that. Praise the Lord. Yeah. God has done great things. Yeah. One song says he's done so much to me, I cannot tell it all. Yeah. If I find out one thing, it'll make me dance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Praise the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Uh, is there anyone else that wants to share something tonight? I got I got one thing um just yes. to add on to um, the conversations, especially about the altars, um, you know, um, what, what uh, Elder Brown just spoke about. You know, it was very interesting back in, um, the Lord wasn't interested in making any altar that had weight to it, where you had to always come back to one location um, for a while. You know, there was, um, there was a, you know, the 12 stones, the markers um, that was set up in multiple places, you know, um, and I, I I remember dealing with that when we were going through um through through class uh, in Hebrew, and I was like, why in the world is that so important? You know that that, that there would be a, a situation set where the the altar has to be moved. Um, well, you think about their culture, and even in 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 America, the same way. We just don't like to say it, but everybody has a God that they want to serve, whether that's themselves or whether that's like a person on TV, um, whether you are you are um you in a beehive. Yeah, I said it. The, um, you know what I'm saying? Whether you in um you on Jay-Z's click, you on you like your favorite rapper, your favorite artist, your favorite singer, your favorite athlete, you got a God you want to serve. And um they're all territorial. God was um was telling us with the altars then that I can go wherever I want. Mm -hmm. I am the I sure yeah. I don't got no place that I gotta stay. I will be whatever I want to be. You know, and I think that that's something that um that we have to deal with. You know, one of the things that they didn't like about our God, and they still don't, 
at that time, they couldn't understand how that God would not stay in his territory. You know, well, God's like, this whole thing's my territory. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I think um, when we deal with that, you know, from that perspective, especially when we um, when we deal with worship and how people begin to worship um, the altars versus worshiping God himself, you know, like the altars being like church buildings, which we've seen a huge issue with that. We've seen people lose their lives because of that this year. Yes. Um, because because they worship the altar, the um, yeah. you know, what I'm saying like they, they, they worship the altar so much. That they forgot that they're they um that they're moving temples for a reason. That the whole the painstaking work of Christ going to the cross to be able to um to 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 go through all that burden of the fight, you know um like the prophecies laid down in, in scripture, the years, the planning, the um you know God had done all these things to get to this point where Christ would die on the cross and be risen from the dead, so that way His Spirit could be poured on people, not a building. Amen. We don't we don't need no wine poured over no altars anymore. We are the ones. That's what we are. We 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 don't need to have those situations. I mean, I, I think that that's something we have to like really deal with. Like, I think that ties into this whole thing is that like we need yes. to stop going back and pouring wine on on old altars because like pouring new one when you pour wine on something back in the day, you are expressing a renewal. You know, so I'm gonna renew this old altar with his wine. That's why I think Jacob's the only one in the Bible to do that. And, and but they did it in other cultures at a time when they would actually pour a cup of wine and they pour some wine on the actual altar. And they said that that was a spirit of renewal for that altar. Um, but, but God was, was like, I'm moving. You need to move with me. Uh, I'm not going to stay right here. I'm, I'm not a territorial God. I'm the God. I'm the Lord of Lords, you know? So just want to throw that in there. Amen. I would like to say this too. As you was talking, I can feel the anointing of God uh, come on me, and I, and I and I'm reminded of the fact that the altars was never made of man-made material. Mm. God rejected that; they were made out of stone and not brick. That's right. uh, also, we go back to Abraham, who is uh, uh, the the um, uh, type of the spirit of faith, if you will. Abraham, wherever he went, he made an altar. Mm -hmm. That says to us that wherever you go, you carry your altar with you. Yes. You understand? Uh, 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 You know, we we don't need a particular, you know, place or anything. Uh, uh, Wherever we have a place where we can get with God, that becomes our altar because we carry it with us. We are like Abraham. We have the spirit of faith. We are a people who, listen, we, we often sing about being in a pilgrim land, right? Mm-hmm. Abraham was actually in the land, you know, he was in the land of promise, but he was, he, he was moving about. But he carried his altar. He, 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 he erected an altar, if you will. Wherever he went, he erected an altar. The spirit of faith. And that's what we have in this pilgrim land. We would not get to the land of promise, the land of promise, you know, until we pass and go to the other side. So as long as we're in this world, we are pilgrims in this world. And so we carry, we erect the altar wherever we go, and it's not made out of man-made material. We cannot take something that the world has come down through the world and try to fit that in. I think a minister Small was talking about this, taking something and trying to pile, uh, you know, uh, 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 mixing, mixing God with other material 
you know, other uh, uh, doctrines and whatnot. And Mr. Trouble's talking about this too. And we try to lift that up to God. It's just not going to work. Amen. Can I ask a question? Are we really waiting to get somewhere? Or are we walking it now? Because we are the kingdom. We are the kingdom, and the kingdom is to be seen in the earth. And I think that's where faith is now, where the Christ is in us. And the word says that he, he must be formed in us. So as we lose ourselves, our, our environment ought to change. We, we are the kingdom. Amen. We are. And I was going to follow up with what Elder Hoskins and Minister Trevor were saying, that not, not only the altar, but we're the we're the body of Christ. And you take yes. a bit further to say we're the kingdom. The kingdom of God is wherever the rule of Christ is, uh, and so He rules in the hearts of men. So we, His kingdom is within us, wherever we are. The kingdom Amen. is wherever we are. A church is so wherever we are. The altar is, you know. That's right. So That's really, right. you know, the building is just the place we meet. That's right. But we're the church. That's right. Monday That's through right. Monday through Sunday Ooh. through through Monday Saturday. Sunday to Sunday. Wherever oh we go, mm. wherever Jesus. we are, we're the oh church. And the altar is there. So 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 I don't need the building to preach. Jesus. All right. Uh, I, 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 I'm, 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 I'm the church. So if I'm standing on a on the corner of Fifth Avenue in New York City, the church is right there. The kingdom of God is right there. As he rules in me, you know, and and so the altar is right there. I don't have to go find a building and, and go to the front and kneel down wherever I am. Yes, Lord God. The church is the kingdom because of a rule of Christ in my heart. And it's time for people to understand it. I mentioned, kind of mentioned that in the message today. It's no sense of people getting upset talking about they got to come back to the church, you know. <clears throat> the government is stopping the church. The government can't stop the church. Cannot stop and it. Cannot stop no. It. No, the government <laughs> doesn't have the power over the church to stop the oh, church. My, my, my no. Just because we're not meeting in the building does not mean we're not the church. What God has done is God has opened this thing up. Mm, yes, Hallelujah. Amen. Yes, and wherever we are, the church is. So wherever we are, the gospel can be preached. Wherever yes, we are, we can lay hands on the sick, then mm. they can recover. Wherever we are, we can prophesy. We can preach. We can pray. Because we are the church of the living God. His spirit dwells in us. Amen. Yes, it's time for us to understand that. So people that are tied to a building, they miss them. they're missing the mark. People mm -hmm. that have lost faith because they couldn't go back to the building, they're missing the mark. Thank you. you know, people that have become disconnected because they can't go to a building, you have to ask where they really connected in the mm -hmm. first place. Jesus. You know, so we got to deal with this thing about people going deeper. <laughs> the Lord said that to me this morning. He said, people got to go deeper. You know, I thought about the scripture casting the net on the other side, but the Lord said, Go deeper. People need to go deeper in him. And so we can't have a shallow faith. We got to go deeper. Glory to God. It's in the depths of God that we that that that, that we begin to discover the, the mysteries of the Lord and, yes, and, and really begin to understand God. So people that are on the surface and people that are shallow, they're gonna miss a whole, whole, whole lot. Yes. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Praise God. Mm -hmm. Amen. Does anyone else want to share? We're, we're at, at uh, 
Back in the early church, they were meeting in houses. Yes. yes. That's right. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. What, 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 what's crazy is that it wasn't even just houses. You know, they the 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 housing of the dwellings that they would meet in would have um would be would be what they buried their ancestral dead. You know, so 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 you got situations where like people, like I said, wasn't that wasn't outside the cultural norm if you had like a house, a nice house that they would actually have a part that was actually dedicated to burying the dead. You know what I'm saying? So you look at the stuff like that. I mean, like there are situations where we got people over here screaming about how a light fixture works, you know, and, and, and what colors on a wall and, and, and how the carpet look, you know, we got, we got folk over here mad at the convenient factors that we got going on to be in a building. And, and, and we don't consider how this faith is being transmitted across the planet. Because it's different. It's different. It doesn't look the way Americans normally think it looks like. And I think that's a thing that we have to, we have to be confronted by that here. Because, because I mean, no offense by saying this, but when you look at like stats on the, the upper movement of the faith, it drops in the West drastically. It rises in the East. Every single country that's been persecuted in the past 50 years has doubled in the faith. Amen. And people can look that up. I'm not lying. Look at South America. Look at the little reformation that happened in South America early 1900s. Oh, yes. Look at look and look in China and watch watch how it's been booming since four or five missionaries went back in the late 1800s. Go look that up. You know what I'm saying? Look at Japan. Japan's a very small percentile, but there's an explosion that's going to happen in Japan. Because a lot, like I, my brain is on Japan. It's always been on Japan, though. That's a whole other thing. But but as far as for the faith, you know, I just I see that there's a lot of eyes eyeing Japan. You know, they, I'm like there there are places that we have not really considered. New Guinea. There's this real remote place on a water, and we're getting multiple Bible translations for New Guinea mm. right now. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're learning that we're learning things about Hebrew that we didn't know that we even knew nothing about. Things about Greek we never knew about because we were we, the people have gone to New Guinea to translate it into a rudimentary language that is similar to the old way that people used to speak. You know, so there, there's so much going on outside of America and the way that we view church in this very limited and, and very moralistic view. You know, we we don't we don't we don't we don't think about God being able to move in people's dreams. We we don't think about God like touching a person, you know what I'm saying, that, that that's been on the street corner um high on drugs. We don't think about that. We we think that God gotta work in a in a in a system where a person's always, always right. And I'm like, that is vert God can do whatever he wants. If he wanna walk yeah. up on, on a dog on skunk and make a skunk talk to you, he'll do it. <laughs> if he wanted to. You know, so I was like, like, like if he can make a donkey talk. Then what in the world you think you think he can't talk to a drunk person to you? Hmm. Amen. Yeah. Could it be because we stay still? We get lost in the house and in these foreign <laughs> countries, we got they have to keep moving. They have to keep moving. So as they move, the gospel is spreading and people are uh, are coming into the gospel. But we get we get saved and we get stuck. There's nothing else to do but to come to church and shout. But we got to get moving because we are living. Oh. We got to we got to take this gospel out to the world. Oh. It's not. If, if we get out the way, then somebody else can get in the church. We see mm. these big, 
the um, big churches and there's a few elderly people sitting in it because nobody wanted to move and give the positions to the younger people or put the younger people with you and train them. When they're gone, they don't even know what to do because people are so worried about holding on to their position. Mm. There's no position. Christ is the one. He's the one he leads and he he directs the whole church. And when we get under him and move through him, then we can do something, but we can stop. We stay in things. We make, we make, um, uh, we we start churches over one. God show us a move, and we start a church, a denomination. We'll start it off with one scripture, but God is an awesome wonder, and we got to keep on digging and keep running to see all the wonders. Paul can't even tell us what he sees. Can we get to that place where God can show us things that can't be uttered on the earth? Can we get to that place? Can we fight? like put pressure in our life to get to that place where God need us to be so we can see the Christ and reveal him. Cause we want to reveal ourselves, our name brand uh-huh. clothes and the buildings that we're in, but we supposed to be revealing Christ. Y'all done put some fire on, on it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, Hallelujah. listen to this. I, I, I was listening to Tony, Ed, uh, um, um, Tony Evans this morning. And he said this, and this is what I caught out of what he was talking about. He was preaching about Lazarus. And he talked about how when Jesus told them, did I not tell you if you believe that you will see the glory of God? Well, it said that he told them to move the stone. Mm-hmm. And he called Lazarus out of the grave. Then he told them to go loose him, you know, and to free him. And Tony Evans said this, and I, I said, man, that thing right there stuck with me. He said, God said, you got to move the natural to see the supernatural. All right. And he, oh my God. I said, whoa, yes. Move the natural to see the supernatural. You'll never see the supernatural if you don't move the natural. Hallelujah. Amen. That's shifting from ourselves and letting God be seen. I promise this is the last thing I say. We will have to do this again. Yeah, this we're going to like, like, online. But, but, just, yes. I'm sure this is blessing people. Yes, I mean, like, like, but, but I think about you know, like, um, Abraham. Um, well, Abram's first name was um, Abram the Ephraim, or the or the Hebrew, mm-hmm. and um, and people got lost in the mist and the fog of what Hebrew means, and it's it's very amazing that the prophecy and the word of God that was spoken to Abraham in Genesis 12, made him into the Ivory, which means the one who crosses over. Because mm. he had to cross over water to get to the land that he was in. So the baptisms that we keep seeing about like the way that we have to cross over, every single part of our faith walk is based on crossing over. Amen. It's movement. <laughs> and, movement. And, and, and it's movement. Like, like, yeah. and we, we, saw, we saw that with Abraham. Abraham is yeah. the Ivory. Like he was, right. he was a pilgrim. The consummate, he, he was a nomad. He, he didn't call a place. He had, he had only one spot that God told him, this is the spot you're going to buy, have to do. And on the real, if you, if you have not read it in Hebrew or had a person, it is so much, it's fun because it was a haggle. It's the first haggle in the Bible. It's actually him haggling with a man to get a better price on land. That's actually biblical. I, I'm, I'm not even getting to that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but that's in the scriptures. I was like, this is gangster. Um, but, but, but looking at that situation where every single time we look at Abraham, Abraham is mentioned as the Hebrew. Every single person that greeted him greeted him as Abram the Hebrew because they knew that he wasn't from there. 
they knew he didn't come from him from the, from the place they was in but he found a way to be a part of the people where he was at and he also was able to serve god in the same time so i think like like that's why he is the father you know like like our father when it comes to the faith because he dealt with this from a position where he had no scripture no scripture whatsoever in front of him other than the words that god uttered to him and he was able to to give us a blueprint you know at least on that on the at least for the for the like for the Torah going into the New Testament. But but just like how he actually was able to be called the, the one who crossed over and how every single part of his generation has been commissioned to cross over. It's amazing. I know we keep saying no more, but in, in Africa, they had an outreach. And what amazed me, they were giving out food and it was during the Muslim holidays. And when the, the Muslim children would come up, they would ask them, are you fasting? Cause they didn't want to disrespect them, but they wanted to still show them love. And they said, "Come back after your fast. We'll hold it." So, and 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 as Christians in America, we think it's going to hurt something if we show love for them to come in and really see what we all about. No, we got to put up walls, and we got to act like we're more special than other people. God loved the world. Christ came to the world to die for the world. And that's how we have to begin to walk to see every soul, a person that God loves. Amen. Praise God. Well, this has really been rich. And thank God for each one of you sharing tonight. Uh, and we pray that as this is aired, uh, that it will bless um, others who will listen and tune in and what they'll benefit from our conversation tonight. You know, I, I'd said <clears throat> that when this pandemic is over, that we're gonna have to do a revival and put each one of you up to preach <laughs> again, because so much, God is just saying so much um, through you all, through us. And I thank God for your faithfulness. Thank God for the time that you spend in the presence of the Lord. Uh, and studying uh, the word of the Lord. Uh, I thank you for the time that you spend with your ear to the mouth of God so that you can hear what the Lord is saying and you can communicate it to his people. And this is what God expects us. He expects us to hear him and communicate what he says to his people. It's never our opinion that amounts to anything. It's only what God says. And we must spend time in his presence so that we know his voice and we hear him. Then we can communicate what he has said to his people. So thank you all. Thank you um, uh, for being on the call tonight. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and close. Um, I'm gonna ask um, Elder Brown if you will close us in prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just want to come before you and praise you and give you glory. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to come together and reason, coming into a better understanding of who we are and who you are, coming into a better understanding of what there is for us to do, Lord God, so that your gospel can reach the lost, God, that the scales on the eyes of the lost will fall, Lord God. And so, God, we just thank you 
And we give you glory, Lord God, that the kingdom cannot be shut down, Lord God. As long as you abide in us, Lord God, if you give us a word, if it's just one word, if we're standing in the grocery store, Lord, allow us to say it and you show up, Lord God, that it will enter into the hearts of men and women, Lord God. God, right now we speak a change, Lord God, in our communities, Lord God. We speak a change in the marketplaces, Lord God. God, I even speak, Lord God. We don't come, Lord God, to ask you of anything, but I see a truck, Lord God, as a platform, Father. Pastor just said, Lord God, that we're waiting for the building. But God, we're going to believe you for a truck, Lord God, with a platform where we can take it to the streets, Lord God, and declare that Jesus is living, that Jesus is the hope, that the world is looking for, that Jesus is the healer that is needed in the land. So God, we just thank you. We thank you for our bishop today, Lord God. Continue to bless him and to strengthen him and to use him, that as you guide him, he'll guide us, Lord God. We thank you for this body, Lord God, that is connecting, Lord God. Hallelujah. From shore to shore, from continent to continent, your body is connecting, Lord God, and people will be blessed, Lord. Your kingdom will be expanded. And so, God, we thank you today. We give you glory. In Jesus' blessed and holy name, we pray. Glory to God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Again, thank you for tuning in. May the Lord richly bless you. Good night. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Top Talk. Be sure to visit our podcast and Facebook page for new episodes and to get caught up on some of the ones you may have missed. Be blessed.